We put a segment on our show that intrinsically features Michael Bay, so we felt obligated to get our buzz on. Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, the spoiler-free mini-episode review portion of uh, our regularly scheduled programming, High On Film. Welcome. Today we watch Transformers The Last Night from the Year of Our Lord 2017, directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Bad Boys fame. Written by Art Markham and Matt Holloway of Iron Man fame. And Ken Nolan uh, for the screenplay. Akiva Goldsman with the three of them for the story by credits. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. I will be leading you through the next 15 minutes of spoiler-free Transformers talk as we rank this movie and other Transformers movies and tell you exactly what we thought of it. Let's get to my co-host, co-host from the couch, the Brad Davis that God gave us, and the podcaster of disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, Brad Davis. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Brad, I have so much to say about this movie, and none of it should come as a surprise. Yeah. No, I, I we're going to be probably saying a lot of the same things. You know what my biggest question is about this whole scrapyard of a film? Uh... Please, I'm, I'm curious. What the hell propelled Anthony Hopkins to call Michael Bay a genius? I don't know. You know... I have no idea. I, I literally don't. His on-set behavior? I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, I can't even fathom it watching this movie. Like, what propelled a, a man who's been in... At least, I, I'm going to ballpark here, 50-plus movies. Oh, I would imagine at least that, yeah. Yeah. Um, to call Michael Bay a genius here uh, after watching this film. I mean, <clears throat> had Anthony Hopkins seen the film yet when he said that? Yeah, pr probably not. <laughs> uh, maybe, I can't imagine. Maybe so. that's how... I, I have no idea how to justify that in any way. Yeah. Now, of course, we saw Transformers Age of Extinction for High On Film, our regularly scheduled programming, but about last year. Mm -hmm. And to prepare for that, we watched the first three leading up to that. Correct. So, like it or not, you and I, sir, are connoisseurs of this Transformers <laughs> don't, franchise. Don't say that. Yes, uh, I'll say it with a French accent, just like the hot rod uh, oh, yeah. French stereotype Transformer we get, because, of course, we have to stereotype every nationality and race with its own robot. Right, even though they say in the movie that he's not French, he just likes doing the accent. That's yeah. the joke they make. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Mark Wahlberg also calls a Native American man chief... He says it's racist, uh, and then Mark Wahlberg says, but aren't you, like, chief of police or something? And he says, yes, I am, but you're white and you shouldn't say that. Which I totally agree with, but why keep that whole joke in that movie? I mean, he also so calls ever? the little Hispanic girl J-Lo. I know, I know. It's... Oh my goodness gracious. It's rot with problems. All right, Brad, before we yeah. get into everything, uh, the landslide of, of vitriol I think we're both about to unleash on... This two-and-a-half-hour waste of our time. Let's get to some movie trailer voices. These are our tailored movie trailers made by both Brad and myself to uh, help serve as your amuse-bouche to this podcast so you have a little bit of an idea of what's going on in case you have not seen any of the trailers made by the studios. Brad. Yeah. What's your movie trailer voice sound like, buddy? <clears throat> Here we go. 
Cade Yeager's back, and he's a fugitive for aiding and abetting Transformers. He and an attractive professor are recruited to help find a staff that can end the world, and only she can hold it because she's a descendant of Merlin the Magician. Even though they are opposites, they might find love in the process. Visit Camelot, the Nazis, and Stonehenge in Michael Bay's Transformers the Last Night. Nice. I like that. <laughs> And it's funny because apparently she, she's not the only one who can hold it because, well, I guess I guess I shouldn't spoil anything. Yeah. I feel like there's other people that hold it. Kind and of. it still works because when Cade Yeager, Mr. Wahlberg's holding it, it's still like a stick. Yeah. But anyway. Hey, whatever. I don't want to give too much away. No one's worried about it. As if there's stuff to give away that makes sense in this movie. Not much. Yeah. All right. You ready for my movie trailer voice? Ready. <clears throat> Optimus Prime is gone. Transformers are outlawed. And all Cybertron is breaking loose. When a mysterious medallion is given to Cade Yeager, signs of a coming apocalypse start appealing, appearing. Really, only unexplained metallic horns rise from the earth. Enter an old historian who may as well be named Anthony Hopkins to bring together this medallion holder and Merlin's last surviving family member to retrieve a staff that they once had and stop the Transformer God from sucking the life force out of planet Earth. Gear up. Transformers, the last night. Gear up's nice. Thanks. Nice touch. I almost put lube up. Oh, well. Because I felt like that's a little more appropriate for this movie and how you... Take it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Brad. It's a hell of a visual. The next... Thank God it's a podcast, huh? Yep. The next segment is called To Pee or Not To Pee, a.k.a. You're In, You're Out. Of course, this is a two-hour and 29-minute movie, so inevitably, you might have to use the bathroom if you're sucking down your big gulps, huh? Uh, Brad, is there any time you should stay in your seat for fear of missing something awesome? No. Or... <laughs> <laughs> or any time that you feel that it's safe to go to the bathroom and you're not going to miss too much that's important to the film. Just go to the bathroom. If you need to go, go. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I usually kind of take note of like, well, this is a really good scene or, you know, this is a very important uh, plot point that you need to know in order to... None of that's in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 there's no great scenes you can't miss. Not one. There's nothing that stood out to me as like a really good scene, I don't think. There is no bit of exposition or important information that is revealed in this film that isn't put flat up against your nose uh, when it's comeuppance come. When, it, when, it, when that information becomes important again right. later in the movie. Yes. They will literally say exactly what the relic is or what the character is right before they do whatever they need to do to fulfill the 33% of them that actually fulfill their purposes in this movie. Um, yeah, you know what's funny? This movie is only eight minutes longer than Wonder Woman, our last buzzed-off film review. Oh, my God. Is and that it right? feels five times as long. That's absolutely true. Wow, that's only eight minutes longer? Yeah. Jesus. I, I'll tell you, I was done with this movie 37 minutes in. What? I was absolutely done, ready to walk out of this theater 37 minutes in. There was a point in the movie where I literally, because we saw it kind of late, I literally considered, like, I could take a nap right now. Yeah. And I'd be fine with that. 37 minutes in, I wanted to walk out. At about an hour and a half, I was beating my head against the chair. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe there's still another hour of this. 
<laughs> but uh, let's lead us right into For What It's Worth, where we measure what we thought of the, sh the movie against the ticket price. Uh, $16.50 to see this on a weekend evening in standard definition. No 3D, no IMAX, no frills. I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> no good. No good. At a sixteen fifty, Brad. Uh, well, let's start instead of saying starting which you're going to pay for it. Start with where do you rank this in the franchise? I, uh, I would say I have to rewatch Revenge of the Fallen again mm -hmm. and see which one's the worst. This Revenge one of the Fallen is two. Is the second one, Dark, Dark of the Moon, Moon is three. three. Age of Extinction four. Last Night five. Uh, yeah, I say I should watch Revenge of the Fallen again to know to compare it to this. I don't plan to do that because that movie sucks. Uh, I, I mean, this and that are are the two worst in the series. Uh, boy, Revenge of the Fallen was so long and boring. I guess maybe this is a little less boring. I do find Mark Wahlberg, even though he's a, the writing is bad, he's not necessarily good. There is something I find funny about him. Sure. I, I mean... He's a caricature of himself at this point, I Yeah, like. a little bit. So I can at least... Enjoy that maybe he a little more. He flexes in the mirror at one point in this movie. He does. He tells a little girl, hey, you want to get punched in the face? Or maybe a little boy. He, it was right? a little boy. One of the characters That's that actually almost one of the never few moments that actually again. made me laugh. Uh, but so I'd maybe put that, uh, I'd maybe put this in front of Revenge of the Fallen because of that. But boy, this is, this is a bad film. Yeah. You know, uh, I would, I, I too put it, I, I guess, second from the bottom. Uh, although I, I, I'm never going to watch a Transformers movie, rewatch another Transformers movie ever again in my life. But if I had to, I would I guess I would have to watch Age of Extinction again. Just because I wonder if I rank that higher because of the environment we watched it in. That we were here at home, I got to get up or grab another beer, something to numb myself to this film. Right. So we I enjoyed having, it a little more. We were having more fun with it. Whereas kind of this, I had one beer, I finished it, I... Couldn't go back and get another one because I didn't want to miss some dreadfully important things. You could have. I could have. Uh, but I didn't for podcast integrity. Sure. And uh, yeah, boy oh boy, I just did not have an ounce of fun in this film. It's um, stupid. It's a movie made for 12-year-old boys. The action, the humor is geared towards it, the talk of sex, the language. This movie throws out shits and dams and ass like, it's a 12-year-old boy who just learned curse words. Uh, I mean, the, there's little boy, there's a whole troop of Stranger Things boys that start off this movie to capitalize on that. There's, you know, the, the young Latina girl who's 14, I guess, to be both to lure in a female audience and uh, I'm sure to entice the teenage boys as well. Uh, but I'll tell you, even after an hour and a half, I'm not sure they'll even be into it. I I find it hard to believe. I mean, the plot is silly. I mean, we start out the movie in Camelot with Lancelot, and mm -hmm. Merlin is a drunkard. Yeah. Like, that whole thing Stanley was... Tucci uh, just allowed to do whatever he wanted, I guess, or... I don't know. It, it was weird um, and dumb, and, and it, 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 this movie has so many attempts at humor... That just falls so flat. Like it's, it's like straight up a screenwriting one on one class or something. Yeah. Um, it's uh, we get the lead, our lead female character who we meet and then disappears for like an hour 
and then she's now the main character in the movie, and we start off by saying, the first thing we say to her, like, well, that's why you're single, and then have an entire scene centered around her mom and her friends basically yeah. saying that she needs to find a man and literally has a line like, why aren't you asking me about my job? And says, oh, because you just read old books and stuff. Yeah. So Michael Bay has softened on his bigotry, but uh, his sexism still right at the forefront of his Right stories. at the top. No, you bring up a good point. We're actually introduced to Isabel. Isabel or Isabella? Uh, Isabella. As the main female character, the 14-year-old Latina girl. And she then is forgotten, like many, many characters this movie burns through, for huge chunks, uh, only to come back for no reason later. Um, especially John Turturro and Tony Hale, who are virtually in this movie for no reason, let alone John Goodman and Steve Buscemi's uh, voice uh, Transformers. And the Samurai Transformer, who I think we got last movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, in it for no reason. There's a whole rogues gallery Suicide Squad introduction of villains at one point. That are like Megatron's buddies. Cronies. And who are literally dispensed a scene later. After they are introduced with title cards and rattling off of their rap sheets. They are literally all killed off a one scene later. And it's never really explained why, like, the government is negotiating with Megatron. Oh, yeah. Again, letting, plot points that go nowhere. Like, nothing. Yeah. Uh, for a movie that cost a billion dollars, it's so slapdash put together. Like, especially in things of, like, simple shot-reverse-shot continuity. I can't tell you how many times they talk to Tony Hale, who's sitting down at a desk, and then they cut to him being, like, to the government talking to him, and he's standing up, running around the room. Or Mark Wahlberg at one point holding a sword, change angle, sword, gone from his hand. Same thing with the staff a number of times. Yeah, there was a point, too, where we were, like, we're, we're sh the first scene with the Oxford professor, she was, like, in the trunk of the car, but then all of a sudden she's, like, back out of the trunk of the car. Like, Oh, because the Transformer transformed. Kind of, yeah. but, and they, like, seem to switch cars at certain point, like... It seemed like nobody was keeping track of things when they were editing this. Yeah, for the amount of detail that goes into the special effects, which do look fantastic. Sure. I can't believe the lack of detail that went into everything else. Half these scenes feel like they're just, like, improv that they got to the set and were like, all right, what should we do next? Like, yeah, the whole scene at Anthony Hopkins' mansion with Cade Yeager and the woman is just all exposition and all, like, attempts at... I mean, they start asking him the last time he's had sex. Oh, I know. Yeah. So well, again, bizarre. the 12-year-old humor yeah, of I guess this you're movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm not paying a goddamn dime to see this movie. No, pay me $5. <laughs> pay me $5. <laughs> Give me back my $16.50. Yeah. That was, it was bad. I will say the one good thing is I feel like Michael Bay has actually improved on his spatial relationships of the camera to where you are in the world. I feel like that's gotten much better over these Transformers movies. Yeah, I, I feel like the earlier ones, it was a little sloppy sometimes, especially in the fight scenes with yeah. the Transformers. Ab you get it's lost in scrap metal. Yes. Here, it's a little better. Like, I knew where I was, especially for such a tumultuous climax where you're up and down and all around and upside down. And, and you have to cut something. Yeah, but at least I felt a little more oriented uh, in this world. Uh, I guess I'll give him credit for that. Sure. Try to say something nice. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You're giving. <laughs> Someone has to be. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Also, and I, I'm pretty sure this is traditional Transformers, but the cop was a bad guy, which I thought was pretty funny. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's in the Transformers lore, though. Because then on the side it says to... to Something Punish and enslave. And enslave. Yeah. yeah. Instead of to serve and protect, yeah. All right, Brad. You just saw Transformers the last night and fulfilled your own destiny of uh, oh. high on filmitude. What are you going to do next? Uh, I have to cleanse my palate. I have to still go see the big sick uh, Camille Nanjiani movie. I'm pretty excited to see it, and I just want something that's... I know I'll at least enjoy. Yeah. God. And put your money towards some great... Uh, Independent, fair, semi-independent. Absolutely, I feel the need to after Cinema. giving money to this movie. I, I need to pay pay back something. Yeah, uh, Chris, you just watched Transformers the last night for whatever reason. Well, what are you doing next? Uh, I, I'm in your boat, Brad. Uh, I actually already had the pleasure of seeing The Big Sick. You did. Uh, I very much recommend it. It is a lovely, lovely, uh, fresh take on a romantic comedy. Uh, but I'm going, uh, the next things I see, to, to my penance for seeing this movie in theaters, I am going to see two more movies that start with B. Uh, Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled. And I believe what is slated to be our next buzzed-off film. Can't wait. Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Pretty fucking excited. <laughs> Very excited for that. And hopefully those two movies will wash me of my sins of uh, paying Michael Bay to make another Damn Transformers movie. I knew this movie was going to be bad, and somehow it was even worse than I imagined. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I was going to have fun like Age of Extinction. I really thought I was going to have fun, and I didn't. No. And there's dinosaur puppies, Transformer dinosaur puppies in this film to sell toys. But of course, it's a toy franchise. Why shouldn't they? That's it, guys. Yeah. Jeez. If you see Transformers last night and have a different opinion, please let us know and let us know why. Um, via high on film show at gmail.com is the email for your longer uh, reviews. Twitter, Facebook, at high on film. You can always comment on the site at highonfilm.com, your exclusive place for our entire catalog. Uh, I'm at Cross Maxwell on your social media accounts. If you need to reach me personally, Brad Davis, you're at BD Always GP. That is true. And you write a lovely baseball blog. Oh, thank you. Yes, on Twitter, I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates, a baseball blog. You can find it on my Twitter page. Excellent. Brad, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Uh, you'll be hearing from us uh, again as soon as you want, because we're reviewing, reviewing, we watched Spider-Man 2, <sighs> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, a out now. Movie. Exactly. A great movie. Yeah. Uh, with Franny Tiedem, uh, a great episode continuing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. And as I said, you'll hear from us again uh, towards the weekend for a spoiler-free review of Baby Driver. And join us next Monday for the conclusion of this set of High on Film episodes with Spider-Man 3. Before we do Homecoming. Alright guys, thanks for listening. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>